Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to Episode 88. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week, we present a question that you might be wrestling with, and we try to answer it biblically. And these are questions that you wouldn't normally see answered in a typical service where you're hearing a message or in a Sunday school class or even in a Bible study. So we try to answer those questions here on this podcast. And so this week, we're going to look at a question which has probably, you've probably wondered what they were talking about because you've listened to certain TV preachers and you've heard maybe somebody from certain types of churches where they talk about the authority of the believer and in the authority of the believer, you can do certain supernatural things. And so you're wondering like, well, hey, what is that? And is this for real or should this be something I'm concerned about? What does the Bible teach about that? So our question today has to do with the authority of the believers. So here's what we're going to answer. We're going to answer what is the authority of a believer? What is the authority of a believer? So let's look at it today. We're going to do several things. First of all, we're going to see where, what type of churches, what type of ministries usually use that type of language. And then we're going to see what does the Bible say about the authority that you and I have as believers and how it should be used. So let's take a look at it. So first of all, where, where do I normally hear this type of statement made? So let's look at that first. So when we hear someone usually talking about the authority of the believer on TV or so forth, usually it is with reference to those who are involved in Pentecostal charismatic circles. And primarily, because it's on TV, you're going to hear it used a lot by prosperity teachers, prosperity theologians who believe that God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. And usually it's part of the word faith movement in that they want you to name it and claim it. And the reason why you can name it and claim it is because you have authority as a believer. So it's basically claiming supernatural spiritual power from God for, and it's just a list of them, although it's not totally inclusive, for miracles, for wealth, for health, in order to bind Satan, and then speaking a new reality. And notice I said speaking a new reality, because you'll usually hear them say that in your authority as a believer, you can speak the word and it will happen. And so usually this is where you hear this concept of the authority of the believer. Now, the question is, George, okay, so I'm hearing all that. What does the Bible teach? What does the Bible teach? Well, I'm going to list 
several things here, probably about four or five different things here to help us to grasp the reality of the authority that you and I have as believers. So let's start with the first one. The first one that I want you to grasp is a simple truth. If you want to write this down, you can, but it's very simple that you need to understand. And that's this. Number one, we don't have any authority in and of ourselves. So I want you to understand that. You as a human being, a sinner, apart from Jesus Christ, there is nothing about you that has any authority over any person. You don't have any authority over the demonic. You don't have any authority over reality, over health or wealth issues. You don't really have any authority at all. You are a sinner who, if it wasn't for Jesus as a believer, would be going to hell because of your sin. You have no authority whatsoever. Even as a believer, you really have no authority in and of yourselves. So that's the first thing I want you to understand. The second thing I want you to understand is a truth that goes right along with the first one, is that because we don't have any authority of ourselves, we are under authority as the servants of God. We are under authority. Under authority to who? We are under authority to the Lord, to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. Because of that, well, let me just look at a verse and hear what Jesus says. Let's look at Luke chapter 17, verse 10. Well, actually, let's let's go back a little bit. Jesus is talking about, in verse 6 of chapter 17, he's talking about the exercise of faith, being able to say to a mulberry tree, uproot yourself and be cast into the sea. And go on to verse 7, listen to what he says. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. This is Jesus speaking. So now Jesus equates that to you and I who are his servants. But likewise you, when you have done all the things which you are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants we have done what was our duty to do. So here he's talking about you and I being under authority. We have no authority of ourselves. We are his servants. Yes, we are the children of God, but we are the servants of God. We are under his authority. We do what he tells us to do. So now, Let's talk about a third aspect in which God grants authority to certain groups of people in the Bible to do certain things. So we're going to see, thirdly, that God has granted authority, limited authority, to people in the world. He's granted limited authority to people in the world, and they don't have to be believers. So notice, for instance, he's granted authority to parents. We know the scriptures there about the authority that we have as parents. 
He's granted authority to husbands over wives. That is a type of authority, not in the abusive sense of it, but the authority of a husband in his home. Then there is also the authority that has been granted to kings and to government over people. He has, he, the Lord, the Lord is the one who has established government to punish evildoers and to promote which is good. And then there is the authority that he gave the apostles over the church when it was founded. And the reality is, is there are no more apostles. So we see that authority there. Now we come to the fourth point that I want you to grasp, and it has to do with the authority that is granted to you and I. Granted to you and I as believers. And we see that, and this is what all authority, this is the whole purpose of why authority was given to us. We see that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. The Great Commission. Notice now what notice now what Jesus is saying here. He says this, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth." All right, let's stop. The authority was given to Jesus. So let's stop for a moment. He's the one with the authority. But he then gives that authority to us to do this. Notice what it says, verse 19. Go therefore Make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. All right, so what we see here is that authority has been granted to us by, by Jesus for the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is to go make disciples and to teach them, that is to help them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the authority of believers, we're talking about the authority to carry out the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. In fact, we see that later in Titus where he is told to teach with authority, to teach with authority. Well, that fits right into the Great Commission. Well, then there is a fifth aspect that I want to focus on for a moment, and we see that in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, where we see one other aspect of where Jesus is granting authority to someone, and we see that, and notice what it says here in verse 1. And then when he called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now there, they are given authority to deal with the demonic as a part of their ministry, which would fit with the ultimate purpose in granting the authority to the believer, and that is part of the Great Commission to make disciples and to disciple them and teach them all things that is to help them to grow in their relationship with Christ. So the fifth aspect of the authority is that in and of ourselves, we don't have this authority, but through Jesus, we have the authority 
to deal with the demonic in the lives of others. We have the authority to deal with the demonic. Not like what we see on TV and what what some of these TV preachers would do, but rather not but being able to deal with the demonic in people's lives to help set them free on their journey with Jesus. Okay? So that's what we're talking about when we talk about the authority of Christ. Always what has been granted to us as believers, whether it's giftedness through the Holy Spirit or whether it's here authority to be able to do things, it's always for what? The edification of the body of Christ, that is the building up of the body of Christ through evangelism, through teaching and discipleship. And that is why we see the authority has been given to us by Jesus. Because in and of ourselves, we can't do it. He grants us the authority to do it in his name. Finding Clarity Podcast is just an opportunity to take a few moments out of the day and ponder through some questions. And there are several ways that you can keep up with the podcast. You can go to, if you're on Facebook, to facebook.com slash Podcast. We encourage you to like the page. That way you can keep up with the latest podcast and the questions that we're dealing with there. You can go to our church website at kerbinsvillechristian.org and simply go to the media page. On the media page, you will see a section there for the Finding Clarity podcast. You'll be able to keep up with all of our older podcasts as well as what's new there. You can also subscribe to us through Google Play or to iTunes and be able to keep up with the podcast there. Simply just search out Finding Clarity Podcast and you'll be able to subscribe. We would also encourage you to get our church app. Just simply go to the iOS app store if you're an iPhone user or Google Play if you're an Android user. Search out Kerwinsville Christian Church and you can download the app for free and you'll be able to keep up with the podcast as well as our other media resources and other information concerning our church. Next week we're going to wrestle with another question concerning the Christian life. It's similar to the question that we had concerning spiritual emptiness, but this is another dimension of the Christian life that we need to examine. And that is, how can I overcome spiritual apathy? Something that the church is really wrestling with today among many people who used to attend our services. How can I overcome spiritual apathy? Until next week, take care.